So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Axis Communications. And thanks to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Mighty and Aura, of course. Now, my guest this week is Adam Dudley. Now, Adam is head of software development at CCSG. Over 19 years experience in the security software industry, Adam has a deep technical insight in risk detection and management. We won't get too deep on those technical bits and pieces today, but having led the development of the Target software uh, security platform in partnership with some of the UK's leading retailers, and we'll try and tease out of him who those retailers are. Now, prior to uh, CCSG, Adam has been part of the parent company, Grat Brothers, racking up that impressive double decade tenure in the industry. Welcome, Adam. Oh, thanks, Paul. So I, I always like to ask this question first off, and we can see what you've done from a career perspective and uh, and a lot of experience. But way back when, before the career got into full flight, what was it you actually wanted to do? When 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 young Dudley was at school, um, pondering about what the future held, what, what was the interest? Was it always software and computers or was there a sort of uh, a, a wistful career as a fighter pilot or soccer player? Well, I mean, it depends how far back we go, but uh, if we go really far back, I just wanted to be an ice cream man. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that because I really like ice cream. But um, anyway, it all, all kind of started for me, uh, like many computer science people uh, with hacking and games. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so, you know, first your first love is games and they're, they're always on computers. And so it's like, well, we want to play all these games. And I really liked games. And I'm a kind of a social gamer. So I much prefer to play games with friends uh, to, to the extent where, you know, this is before the Internet. This is way back when, when every computer was a big, giant beige box. Uh, and so you would spend the weekend uh, cycling over a mile to your friend's house with one hand on the steering bar and one hand holding the entire a computer box with everything else in your rucksack and, and off you go. Um, and that was just just to be able to play games. And, um, and really, you know, you get to school and all the, the school computers were a bit rubbish. And then overnight, they installed 34 brand spanking new computers. And they were uh, they were really powerful. And for those following tech, they were Pentium 2s, which is not powerful by today's standards. Your phone's got more power. But... Um, it was like, wow, we don't have to carry our computers around if we can just get those uh, to, to install our games on. That's what we want to do. It's like, well, how do you do that? I don't know. Like, we're not, you know, it's like a, a work system, you know, it's all locked down. You, you can't just install any software on your, on your corporate laptop. And it's like, well, uh, there must be a way. So off we went. So it turns out the, the library computer was the only computer with a CD drive. So, you know, for those following the tech, uh, it's MSC Dex and config.sys uh, and headaches to get the CD drive to work and then we could install the games. Um, but of course, they were, they were all still locked down. This is where the hacking gets into it, <laughs> which is, uh, it's only minor, you know, it's, it's a long time ago, but it's, um, you know, you, you need to be able to get the administrator password from, from your old school teacher. <laughs> They weren't just going to hand that out. So uh, we managed, there was four of us. We were like, well, no, we need to be able to play these games. Like there was nothing going to stop us really. And um, we, 
uh, started experimenting with different scripting languages, different programming languages, you know, how, how do you do this? Um, and in the end, I got a, literally just a picture of the login screen and uh, my software was running at the login. So it was, it was obvious what to do. You just, you just go, well, just get them to write the username and password in my login box instead of the real one. <laughs> and, uh, and it was like, oh, well, this sounds easy. Now, how do we get the, the IT technician to actually you know, use the computer we want? And so then a little bit of social engineering came in. And uh, it wasn't called that back then. It's called that now. And so we just made sure, well, he always logs in on Friday afternoon, uh, you know, lunchtime. So if we just sit on the computers that he normally sits on, except for one, that, that's where he'll sit. And lo and behold, that's exactly where he sit. And um, I tell you what, once we got Duke Nukem 3D on those computers, <laughs> the lunchtime rush for the computer room had never been so busy. I mean, we were pulling kids out of the seats to go, no, no, you're playing these games because of us. <laughs> and so really, you know, it started with games. And then I really like fell in love with programming. It's like, wow, you can you can do anything, like you know, if, if you do this. Um, and in a way, you know, and we'll we'll no doubt discuss it. But in a way, um, hacking processes is actually what I work in now, but for the good guys. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, what, I absolutely love that. Uh, that's an impressive that you weren't tempted to try your hand at the uh, uh, White House or FBI. Uh, website because that may well have sent you down a whole different route so very much so it was very fortunate that the university I went to in uh, Manchester their systems were so locked down nobody nobody could do anything <laughs> which is great because it kind of made us focus on our actual work <laughs> no I love that I guess there's possibly even a commercial opportunity there you could have been uh, charging for access for the computer room as well maybe you were seeing as that you'd uh, facilitated the gaming yeah, I missed I missed I missed that. I should have done that. <laughs> there you are. I mean that that that's Fortnite now, isn't it? And Roblox and all of the other games. It's uh, exactly yeah. it's so easy now. You just you just turn it on and everyone's got the internet. But back then, I mean that was really, you know, to have five people or, or more actually play the same game yeah. at the same time uh, was just phenomenal, you know. Uh, this this is back in the day when to play with a friend, you would block the phone line. Uh, all Sunday, because in the UK, it was only a penny a minute on a Sunday. Yeah. And all Sunday, you would uh, you use that phone line and, and play games with your friend. And, and somebody else would pick up one of the other phones and then bump you off because it, it interrupted the signal. So, yeah. Exactly that. And all Monday, your mum would be moaning at you saying, none of my friends could talk, talk to me yesterday. <laughs> I don't know why, mum. I, I just don't know. <laughs> Bob to the exchange. So, look, that is brilliant. I love that. Uh, I am slightly disappointed, and uh, that that uh, that that uh, you weren't responsible for, you know, that you hadn't developed a Fortnite or a Roblox or one of those social games way back when. I could be talking to you in your Hawaiian uh, beachfront villa, explaining to me how it all started by hacking the computer systems. But may, yeah. maybe still, still time, Adam. Still time. Maybe we did make Snake and a multiplayer game of Snake on our calculator, if that counts. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, who, who knows? Just you just got to film it on TikTok, and then uh, I don't know. Who knows? It might exactly. Be get the audience in. So look. So I mean, I mean, you know, Grat Brothers. I think I looked. You know, like I said, a couple of decades there. So you'd got this interest, and then 
was it after I think you did computer science university were you then looking around what 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 pulled you towards them and then you know to where we are now yeah so uh as I mentioned I was at university and my final year project so what I'd always really liked about computers is that um, they can touch the physical world as well. So they don't have to just live in, you know, a, a banking app or anything, you know, they, they can actually do things. So my final year project was actually um, a rover. Uh, so I, I did A-level uh, electronics as well. So I hooked the computer up to uh, some servos and some motors, stuck a webcam on it, and you could control this over the internet. The, the internet now exists, and uh, and lots of people could um, queue up and control the the rover. And so that was that was my final year project. That was a great project for me. Um, and you know you can see exactly where that leads to. Uh, the very first um, project with Grat Brothers was well, how do we remotely view these cameras? Uh, from all these different uh, retailers uh, to, to one place. And, you know, they, they saw my family a project and went, well, you know, look, this guy is clearly interested in this. Let's, let's, let's get him. And that was great. That was, you know, fantastic for me because I was still just doing what I really enjoyed. Right. How cool that they let you play with that. So, look, um, you know about Grat Brothers. I know about them. But talk, tell me and, and the audience, our viewers and listeners, a little bit about them and then explain who and how CCSG is, how it fits into the mix, just so, you know, we can get a bit of an overview. Sure, yeah. So Grat Brothers, uh, they've been around for, for quite some time, fantastic company to work for uh, and work with. It's, it's more of a with. And really a real family spirit culture that they have. And they already have uh, seven different companies. And, you know, I worked for the security management side. So Grat Brothers Security Management and Grat Brothers Security Management install cameras, maintain things, uh, excellent company. And the, the software was really part of their bag. You know, it was, oh, great. We can not only install uh, systems, we can run them and manage them. Uh, and, and of course, offer more to the customers and, and make it more bespoke rather than some generic off the shelf thing. And what's happened over time is CCSG is a separate company just for the software because, you know, we've, we've enjoyed being, you know, part of Grab the Security Management, but the software can really stand on its own two feet. Uh, we want, you know, separate marketing uh, you know, its own support team, and ultimately, you know, not tied to one integrator. You know, it's already not tied to one integrator. And it was a little bit like, well, it needs to have its own direction. It needs to not be influenced by one integrator. Um, and and, and Grat Brothers have done this before. You know, the Grat Brothers primarily are uh, an m and mechanical and engineering they, they can do massive projects mind-boggling projects uh, from you know data centers to just huge buildings in London um, and the reason why security management was created was for the same reason it was ah but we don't want to focus on M&E we want to focus on security and in a way now it's the same's happened again it's like we really like security but we want to do software and we want to follow our vision 
um, and not necessarily be be tied to one integrator. Uh, and, and so that's it, really. And now we're really customer focused, as is everybody at Grab Others. Um, but yeah, that's how CCSG has come about. Uh, it makes perfect sense, actually, because you're right. I guess people are going to they can buy one particular product or solution and then there's other complementary ones, but they're not all kind of packaged up together and you have to pick and choose. So, but, but, you know, in terms of what's the goal of, of CCSG, you know, what sort of retailers do you think you can help or perhaps, you know, can you, can you name any that you're working with at the minute? Where, where do you guys see it fitting in the market? Yeah. So, so I work with Tesco here in the UK and in central Europe. I work with Lotuses in Thailand. Uh, I work with AO. You know, so we've we've got some big customers, um, and really our our platform allows the efficient management of risks that all those retailers suffer from at scale. And the at scale part is is the really challenging part. Um, and by at scale, I mean both operationally and technically. So you know, lots of people say, "Oh, we can do this at scale." Uh, and they often mean thousands of cameras. And it turns out, actually, some of the technical sides are, are the easier bits, <laughs> if I'm really honest. And then, you know, we, we've got the operational side and people go, oh, well, how do I get all these people to actually work together cohesively as an effective team in a cost effective manner? So we can really help retailers, usually with at least 50 stores or more, okay. um, or that are you know, suffering uh, losses that our services can deal with. Um, and, and then we pull it all back usually to a, a central place of their choosing. And it doesn't have to be one place neither. Cool. So um, I'm interested to learn, you know, to understand a little bit about your day to day and it's kind of, you know, when you sit down, what, what hits you uh, uh, as you arrive. But before I uh, come to that, um, we're just going to hear briefly from our sponsors and then we'll be right back. For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime, 3x Logic. So welcome back to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast. I am, of course, still talking to Adam Dudley from CCSG. Now, um, fascinating insight and uh, right at the top there, um, pleased to see that that hacking uh, tendency of yours didn't lead to uh, incarceration in some far-flung corner of the world but using your talents to uh, uh to to good use um talk to me about your day-to-day so you know some amazing retail clients there but you know you sit down in the morning you've got uh, you know here and now uh draws on your time you've got development what 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 are you focused on what what's your day-to-day look like yeah paul so I mean, it can boil down to three really simple steps. It just takes a long time. So <laughs> it's, it's essentially, you know, defining the vision for where we want to be. Um, and then, you know, that's, that's for our product. And then aligning our stakeholders, you know, and that involves internal, that involves our customers, uh, you know, and, and our customers want to do different things sometimes. And it's, you know, it makes sense. You know, they have immediate problems that need to be solved and we're trying to solve a long-term problem. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of just jigging that so that it's everybody's happy. So that's always a challenge. Uh, and then, you know, that leads into then the prioritization. So there's the prioritization, there's the roadmaps, 
there's the communication. Uh, you know, and we have some great tools uh, to help us with this. We we used to use Asana, now we use ClickUp. So our our customers get to see exactly what's happening, and we can communicate directly with them straight from development to uh, the customer, um, and they love that. So they can actually see things happening. I'm not sure how many companies um, allow their customers to actually have that portal into the actual process. So it, it's, you know, they can't see everything. They can't see everybody else's feature requests, but they can see all of their own and exactly where they're at. So it's managing that, managing the, 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 the priorities and, um, and making sure everything keeps going forward, if I'm honest. Yeah, interesting. I think most people's uh, you know, the visibility you get that uh, somebody like you uh, is giving and doing is uh, is when the invoice turns up once a month and it's just listed as a line item. That's that's normally I think the extent of it, isn't it? So, yeah, fascinating to give a proper insight. So you mentioned uh, you know Tesco and AO and and, and you know, some other retailers that you're working with. I'm just intrigued. Is there anything you know any insight you can share about what it is that you're specifically doing for them? I realise you can't give away trade secrets as it were but i'm always fascinated to know is it a full suite is it just a little bit was it a specific problem but it's just and you and i talking adam there's nobody else listening in so, <laughs> so good. well i suppose you know if we go well what's the purpose of of the product and i'll just you know put all the marketing spiel to one side forget that it is don't throw a hundred pounds at 10 pound problem that's that's the simplest way to, to, to solve it. You know, a retailer is subjected to hundreds of different risks. There's, there's money flying out the door all the time. Uh, and it's like, well, which, where do you put your resources and how do you deal with that? Um, and so we want to provide, you know, uh, almost a shopping list or what we call a, a service catalog. And so a, a retailer can say, well, I know I have this problem, this problem, this problem. And we go, okay, let's solve those problems. That's the, the and I'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail, but this is kind of the, the vision side of it. And that way you only get what you need and your resources can align correctly with the size of the problem, which, which makes perfect sense. Uh, and, and then a real key aspect to everything that we're doing is privacy by design. Um, our uh, specs and our the way we manage GDPR uh, within the product and the communication with the customers. You know, the, I, you know, I probably don't need to tell everybody. It's only well Europe at the moment, but other countries have their own kind of version of GDPR, um, and the fines for stepping aside of that are astronomical. Uh, so we we really focus on that. So the privacy by design. And so like a, a specific thing. So, you know, what do we actually do? Um, I, I'll give you an example. Someone could search uh, Google if they want to find the exact news article for 132,500 and then fraud. If you just search for that in the UK. And, and so our software got installed and it turned out that a cashier had stolen that amount of money over a 10 year period. Well, one, why did it take 10 years? But it took 10 years because they didn't have our software. Yeah. <laughs> so so what, once the software is installed, it comes pre-built with lots of different uh, mechanisms to catch uh, fraud and then highlights it. And it makes it really fast and easy to go, yeah, that is fraud or no, it's not. I mean, that's ultimately what it does. 
Um, and so, you know, another example, I, I read it was a, a shoe shop. This is a very recent one. Um, a lady had stolen £30,000 worth uh, of, well, cash or shoes. You know, it must have been cash as well. I, I can't remember the whole article, but, you know, you, you can search that. And they were super proud that they caught uh, this person, but it took them four years. Mm-hmm. And you've got to ask, you know, why did it take you four years? That was my first thing. I was like, it's great that you caught them, but four years is just too long. So it's, it's about the speed that we can catch people uh, as well. And, and, you know, the, the real driving factor is just, you know, when, when people are stealing these amounts of money, it re- it's really impacting not just the customer, it's, uh, the, the other customers of that retailer or our customer. It, it, it's impacting all the staff, you know, that they, they've not got as much money to hand out bonuses. It's, it's just like makes me angry and it's just unfair. You know, there was... Um, there's one, it was, it was a little while ago, but there was one, and this is like how sneaky, you know, people can be. Um, he was, uh, he was a pharmacist, he was a locum, and so that meant he could move around, he could, he, he could go to any, uh, not necessarily uh, any one particular retailer, he could go to any uh, pharmacy, so off he goes, and it was actually, you know, when, when you finally find it, you realise, oh, it's Valentine's Day this happened. Now, if you think you could get, you know, a leg of lamb and a really nice bouquet of flowers for 14 pence, <laughs> <laughs> it's just wrong. And this, you know, he's, he's got a good job. He could afford that. And he chose, chose not to. And worse than that, the way this was occurring would have actually implicated somebody else right. if you couldn't quickly verify with images so everything we do is about very quickly uh, mining and analyzing data but then very quickly being able to verify that um you know with the best will in the world and especially uh, older systems you know our, our software can work with your existing cctv but sometimes it's a, it's a little bit creaking at the seams and it, it can take five or six seconds, you know, just to play some video. But our software pre-caches all the images. So okay. it makes it really, really rapid. And this means that people can put their resources in the right places in a really time efficient way. Uh, and we have, I won't bore you, but we have all the stats on how long it takes. We can, we can tell you for every hour you spend doing this, you're actually discovering this much loss. Wow. Okay. So it's really transparent as well. So not only is the development process transparent and can be bespoke, but the actual running of the product becomes transparent. And I don't know of any platform that gives you that. Except no, and again, you know, if you're finding people that have been committing fraud for that length of time uh, and you're pulling them out, then, uh, you know, my goodness, be that, uh, uh, you know, huge saving. But, yeah, you've got to you've got to sit there and think, you know, why didn't we do this sooner? So, uh, yeah, uh, an application. Now, look, um, the interesting bit, so CCSG is part of a vendor, Grat Brothers, that's been around. I'm sure I Googled this. I see 1946 that the, they were actually brothers, weren't they, that started it? Yes. That's a long, long time to be around. What qualities do you think, you know, if you like a, vod, a modern vendor partner needs in order to succeed? And, and, you know, you guys have succeeded over a long, long period of time. Many of the vendors have come and gone. But what is it about the culture? 
the offering that you think that's provided that longevity and continues to see the company grow? Yes, uh, there's there's really only one answer, and I'll explain it a bit more, but it, it really is a family spirit culture. Now, it might sound a bit cliche, but genuinely, you know, you, you, you actually look at the tenure of a lot of the people um, at Grabovers, and, you know, it spans many, many years, myself included. Um, <laughs> and it, it's because we're not like a fly by night. Now, I've got lots of friends who work in software as well, some that work in sales. So, you know, we talk from some experience. Uh, and, you know, it's not just, as you mentioned, quick, get that invoice out and move on. Um, it's it's a real uh, family spirit, and we we bring the thoughts and um, concerns of the customer in to us. You know, we're not just like, oh, well, that's what they asked for. Tick done, get the invoice. Uh, it's very much I can see what they're trying to achieve, and perhaps they don't know about X, Y, Z. Let's see what we can do. And, you know, there's always cost constraints, there's always time constraints, but if everybody's open and honest, and that, you know, it really is key, um, then, you know, you can sometimes offer, uh, agree on, well, we know this isn't the best solution for every aspect, but it is the best that we can deliver with, with your constraints. And guess what? We can add on to it in the future. We'll always make sure we can improve it. And so, you know, Gratz then offer the best solution to the customer by having all those discussions. It's it's kind of like counterintuitive, but they the the, the family spirit, the uh, the customer first, that whole thing just means you know customers keep coming back to us because you know it was the project worked out better than what they expected last time. You know, we we foresaw problems or we said, well, you know, you have asked for this, but that might give you these problems. And they're like, oh, didn't know. Well, what can we do? Well, don't worry, we'll, we'll sort it for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing that goes on, but with everything. Uh, and it's great to have that. I wouldn't have stuck around for as long as I have. And then, you know, we're really taking that with us into uh, CCSG. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I love your analogy of don't throw a hundred pounds at a ten pound problem. I mean, you know that that really sums up because sometimes, yeah, people get seduced by something, the vanity of it, or whatever it might be. And and uh, you know, I think if you've got that sort of uh, check and balance to all of your projects, that's a great place to be. But um, your enthusiasm uh, is quite unique to see. So when you're talking about the business and you've been there and, and what you're looking to do for you know, clients, um, there's clearly a level of enthusiasm and, and passion there that, that you don't often get. So, you know, fair play to the business for uh, for keeping you excited. Maybe they sort of, you know, let, 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 let you go into the gaming world and uh, and still tinker around and play with some projects. But no, it, it genuinely does come over from you and others within the business. So uh, I get why you've got some of the uh, the biggest and you know some some challenging but successful retailers on the on the roster and i'm sure you'll add some more as well and and so you know adding more what what's the what's the future hold do you think for ccsg what's the goal what's the target i mean global domination clearly is the <laughs> is the ultimate aim um but uh but what are the ambitions of of the business what is on that roadmap for you yeah so you know 
probably not many people have heard about us. Um, everybody who uses the, the, the software, target active security software, um, just thinks it's amazing. And it's like, right, well, we really should let other people use this now. You know, we, so we're really focusing now on the, the, the salesy side. But we don't have any salespeople. But that's something. <laughs> we're not. We're not a, a company that will just kind of fly by night, as you, as you, as I've said. And it's very much, um, you know, word of mouth. The, the, the security industry, people move around quite a lot, uh, and then they go, "Well, that product was amazing. There, it worked great." You know, um, I've worked with people um, personally in in Tesco in uh, Thailand, and it's it's now Lotuses in in Thailand. And, you know, then they've moved to India and said, can I have your product? <laughs> you know, it's, it's mad because they just know, like, well, we install it, it worked, you know, yeah. because it just comes with it. So there's there's obviously the expansion, but also, you know, from the technical side. So I'm a bit of a geek, you know, from the technical side, uh, there's the improving the product. Um, and, and with lots of things, it's adding AI to the product um and and really speeding um some of the investigations up uh, you know i mentioned before about the stats you know and it, it's funny uh, explaining stats and things to people but you know they were like all oh, right well for every hour we spend on this we found you know i'm not going to obviously uh, divulge numbers but they they were they, they were they were like oh well that's really good but how can we improve it i said well there's two ways of improving it and the simplest way is you just you just show us uh, exactly how you're currently managing that within our platform and we take shortcuts for you You know we automate an aspect of that um and usually that's uh, by by throwing a little bit of ai at it and, and some of it's so uh, accessible now uh so i'm really excited for that coming forward really excited for uh, bringing new customers on i tell you what there's so many different um, uh, risks and things out there. You know, there's some that only apply to Thailand. Um, yes. And it's not even um, theft. It's just um, a cashier accidentally scanning uh, a pack of, you know, 25 cans of something, uh, but they scan the wrong barcode. They scan a single can mm. instead of the, the big barcode for 25. And you think... Oh, well, what are you going to do about that? But we can audit that across across everywhere and, and make sure the people that are trained, you yes, know, yes. so there's there's all sorts of procedural things. And it's really just, I find it really interesting. Every time the mouse gets a little bit bigger, I like our cat to get even bigger. Hey, there you go. I like the, 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 the cat with pixels on it that's uh, <laughs> tracking what's going on. So look, finally, I mean, you're an interesting array of retailers. Um, what was your... Take just looking at retail in general, and I guess you'll see what's coming in the pipeline in terms of requests. What's your take on you know, retail in general? Are you concerned? Are you optimistic? Uh, you know, you look at the high street and think, well, based on the conversations we're having, it's reinventing itself. What, what's your sort of perspective on uh, on the world at the moment? Yeah, so I think I think retail will always be with us. People always need things, um, but I think. The direction of retail is, you know, today retailers have customers. Sorry, you know, back in the day, retailers had customers and now customers have retailers. You know, it's a little bit more, you know, especially with online, especially with the Internet. You know, people just kind of search for what they want and find it. Uh, and so I think what's going to come is a lot more personalization, a lot more um, 
touch points between one retailer and their customers you know like getting that really getting to know each other kind of thing and really helping each other out i think that's going to be the direction and in retail in general is is really you know upping that customer service so that you know people don't actually look anywhere else they just go because they've been treated so well yeah it is it's the um sort of the amazon model in the sense that actually I don't know, but often I don't check the price. It's about I want it. It's available. It's a button, and it's coming the next day. Um, and then, you know, to your point about you know making the experience, you go to other retailers, and oh my goodness me, it's like a sales prevention journey when you're trying to spend money. So yeah, more more personalization, more more get to know, uh, uh, and yeah, with people like yourself at the forefront driving that uh, with a little. Um, uh, a, a little uh, good hacking to make sure that we all get what we want, then uh, then long may it continue. Um, Adam, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure. You've been a superstar. Thank you for sharing some insight on what you're up to, your background and what's going on at, uh, at CCSG. Uh, I wish you every success. You don't need uh, any luck on it. I, uh, I've no doubt that you'll continue to go from strength to strength. But for now, Adam, thank you very much indeed. Oh, thanks a lot, Paul. I'll chat to you again soon, I'm sure.